Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Strength in the Numbers. And today, really delighted to share with you Nima Motazed, who has over 25 plus years experience in global business solutions, a key area for finance professionals to make valued impacts in our organizations. And we go through Nima's experiences around the setup, transformation of those, how we can improve efficiency and quality in our work. Nima brings a really deep operations background to a lot of the advice he shares with us today. And outside of the, the sort of the finance stuff, Nima's really great to talk with. We've had some fantastic conversations. I really look forward to when we get to speak. We, we always jump around on great topics and relevant topics for the teams that we lead. And, and some of the key points that I feel you will take away from this episode is the value of having an ownership mindset and constant learning on our journeys as individuals but also part of teams and organizations also really appreciate Nima for sharing some tips and advice that came out of a lot of the global business projects he's led particularly those involving the massive changes brought about by technology Uh, Nima offers some very excellent ideas on how to approach tackling finding the right solution to deal with any problem not just in our finance teams but that might come come up from our work with our business partners and stakeholders and also some ways in which he's efficiently built his own professional network that you can also follow to more quickly build and develop your influence in your career. So look, hope you enjoyed this as much as I did recording with Nima. If you want to delve more into what was said, the transcript, detailed timestamp show notes, key quotes, the resources Nima mentions and more, you can find those at sitnshow.com. And as always, really appreciate it when you recommend the show to your friends and colleagues. We're on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And that's enough for me for now. So without further ado, over to Nima and the show. Nima, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Andrew. Good to be with you. Yeah, it's great to have you with us and I really enjoyed this because I've enjoyed our number of chats, but we got to meet together for the first time a couple of months ago on a shared panel. So we've got to know each other in the meantime, but for some of our audience perhaps may not be as familiar with your background, would you mind maybe sharing with them your career story, please? I'm currently actually working with 3.3. Yeah, 3.3 is one of the leading reinsurance companies in the world and I am in charge of our global business solutions. And I'm taking care about one of our business solution centers here in Swiss Re in Bratislava in Slovakia. Yeah. Before that, I was working 25 years in the banking industry. I grew up in the operation and technology area and moved more and more toward the uh, strategic topics. And one of the areas that I somehow stick to that for quite a long time was around the, the topic of increasing the efficiency and effectiveness of the processes and also cost management. And in Swiss Re, I started actually to also add some growth element to the topic of permanently downsizing, also upsizing, <laughs> which was very nice and actually the main motivation to change the job, change the industry. 
Yeah, it is interesting because you, you really smiled when you talked about that growth element because I, I think in, in finance, there's a lot of processes that we want to make more efficient and more effective. You bring this sort of ops and tech perspective into our world, particularly around shared services amongst others. And we're always trying to do more or the same with less. So when you introduce the word growth, how do we even bring that mindset in? Because traditionally it has been doing more with the same or less. So how do we even introduce growth into these conversations? Actually, it has a lot to do with also using the right tools and bringing in all the technology and freeing up the resources that you have who are doing more or less repetitive jobs and give them something more complex, more challenging, which is creating more value along the value chain. I'll give you an example, maybe around what we are doing actually in finance. We are at the moment changing all our finance systems at the same time. So this is is a massive massive project. And not only that, we are also actually changing our accounting standards and moving actually from US as well. So these are massive changes which are happening around us. And this is only coming because we are using new technologies. We are looking actually that this process is becoming more end-to-end with a clear involvement of the businesses so that the finance people need to more understand the content of the business and not only chart of accounts. And this is something that brings actually the element of the growth because if the business is trying to move into the new areas and uh, look for new products, solutions, services for our clients, then, of course, our finance people need to move here together with them and need to also provide them with the appropriate and right solutions that they need. And so we are getting rid of stuff that can be automated as much, and this is positively seen, because we are not doing cost-cutting. Rather, at the same time, we are using actually, re-educating actually our colleagues more toward actually new opportunities, new challenges, which are also more complex, and they need to take ownership for that. By the way, I got a shout out to the team in Bratislava there that you mentioned it as well, Dima. I don't want to forget that because <laughs> I, I got a team there as well. So it's great. But I think in terms of your, you're completely right in what you say. It's that more complex activity, uh, growth activity. If, if a business is to go and to thrive, they're going to have to grow in some sort of way. It's just in their nature. And I think probably we've been going in the wrong direction with downsizing and trying to be more and more efficient. Where actually, if we stood back and asked the business what it is they want, because we understand their content better, as you said, their end-to-end better. We've got these great finance training qualifications that we're all trying to work towards the same things. And the great thing that we have also is that more independent. Business leaders can get quite emotional over their particular areas. And they're very laser focused on their areas. But we bring that independence because when it comes to making decisions that involve money, or growth or whatever, we, we're really better sounding board in that way, like a, a conscience for them to bounce things off. And that these problems that they have, we can help provide them with solutions, sometimes deploy them ourselves with their businesses, or just help them be accountable for deploying them. And they're massive changes. So how would all that going on, Nima? How do you keep focused on the right things that are going to deliver the biggest amount of value for the business? Actually happening by also developing a kind of growth mindset. So also mm-hmm. understanding and constantly learning yeah, what is necessary in our business. And you mentioned it quite nicely, uh, being a kind of sounding board, but not only a sounding board, but also an advisory board. The situation mm-hmm. um, when yeah. somebody is coming and seeing a new car, I say, oh, I would love to have that car. yeah. And then, of course, it could be the element of fun that you're going to say, I like to simplify my life and so on, and, and I would like to enjoy my life. So that is actually the car that I was dreaming about. But then if you are sitting down and a little bit asking, so what is the purpose of 
for that what you need. And then yeah. challenging a little bit and saying, okay, then for this trip that you have in mind, for these purposes that you have, maybe yeah, a bicycle is a better solution than a car. And yeah. this type of positive challenging yeah, requires that you understand really what is happening and what is going on. And for that, you need to come closer to the business. You need to understand the, the content of the business. You need to understand the new technologies. You need to know actually how the new solutions are going to create an impact on that, what we are delivering to the clients and how the expectations of the clients are. When you're adding all these topics and journeys together, you're learning actually to work in teams yeah, which are much more agile and much yeah. more independent on one side, but at the other side, also much more innovative. And so you are permanently taking yeah, the bar higher. From my point of view, one of the key elements is the ownership mindset, to develop a kind of ownership mindset to say, look, I am taking actually ownership for this topic together with my team. And we are coming and providing you actually ideas and solutions. And let's figure out yeah, if these ideas will fly. And so you're stepping actually in the growth mode. Yeah, I, I like that you're taking ownership, accountability, counting came from. Exactly. Yeah, but but it's like keeping track of things, keeping account. And it's like we could do, we've been doing it for thousands and thousands of years. I just can't help but feel that maybe we've just been a bit more fixed in our mindset around routines, processes, and got stuck in that. When actually the whole purpose of accounting in the first place was to be able to allow for accountability, to measure things, keep track of things, because they were important. I think actually, that, and that's why I love your first question there to ask them back. So what's the purpose of that? Why are you looking for that? And then and I think another one thrown there is, why is that important to you? How much does that matter to you? Because then you get around the quantification because they, they probably have a finite amount of, of money to invest in things, making sure they're doing the most valuable things. So, so you're going to invest in the most important things, aren't you? So that might mean doing less of something to do more of something else. And like and then it's, again, and that's where we can bring a lot of our experience. You mentioned Agile as well. Apart from asking better questions, is there anywhere else that, that we can start as finance professionals making that bigger impact, driving more value in your mind? This is really a, a good point. As I was taking more care about the cost, yeah, one of the topics was reduce cost, right? Actually reduce the cost and cost is going with headcount costs. And I was always asking the question, why? We are doing that. Because in each and every change process, people need to see it. If you are going to say, I am reducing costs because I would like actually to pay higher dividend to my shareholders. I sense that nowadays the people are saying, Wait a second. So what? Yeah. Of course, there is actually uh, is out of question. The shareholders needs to actually have a benefit investing their money actually into the companies and so on. But this is not giving any kind of purpose and any kind of thing. Yeah. At the other side, if you are going to say we are saving this money because we need to fund a few investments and these investments will bring these and those benefits, then it's going it's going to make much more sense to the people. Yeah. And then they're also more willing to discuss and debate and go the journey with you. And I sense that this type of conversation is something that finance can play a very important role because this yeah. translation of what we would like to achieve to the benefits and then to the value and a dollar yeah, at the end of the day is going to give the whole exercise a meaning. And even also those projects which, which are going to say, these are long-term investments. These are strategic investments. We know that this is not going to immediately pay off the next five, 10 years, but still you understand the, the reason why we are doing that. You understand the purpose and you understand how, why this topic is so important, not at its own, but maybe actually in conjunction with, with a bigger picture. 
Yeah, you're completely right, Neem. I was gifted a fabulous book by a vice president I worked with a number of years ago. It was called Drive. I can't remember the exact author. I don't know if you've come across it, but the first From point the author made... That's the, that's yes, that's the yeah, one. Yes, yeah. that's the one. <laughs> and the first point he made was about that purpose. You give people a, a purpose worth following. Yeah. Like, you're not just doing downsizing or cost reduction for the sake of it. Maybe even just to pay shareholders more dividends, but it's going to be reinvested in some way in some sort of growth that you can get behind some worthy purpose. Then people will, that's a good first step. And then also I want to get onto the topic as well on the importance of learning. Maybe now actually is a good time because that learning is about mastery. It's about developing a, a quality competence behind something. And I know we were talking off air about this. Mm-hmm. Why is the importance of learning? And let's call it maybe mastery or craft personship or whatever. Why is that why is that important nowadays in your mind? So I share with you actually a story. I can remember as I was studying and so on here, there was this picture of, oh, you need actually to finish your studies and then you find a nice job and look that you are reading two, three books a year and feel courses and seminars and then you're fine then then it's all done and then you can relax and actually focus on other topics of your life however if i'm honest to myself and i would ask myself what is the sense of life probably one of the topics which is first coming to my mind is going to be learning because this learning is so important to stay not only in the curve but also ahead of the curve now look actually the world that we two were born in probably actually there were no mobile phones, there were no Wi-Fi, there were no self-driving cars or something like that. The telecommunication. <laughs> I can really remember the first day as my IT boss, and he was the CIO of the company, came to the office with a, with a suitcase in his hand and put it on the table. And he asked us, do you know what it is? And we said, your new suitcase. And he said, this is my mobile phone. It was a suitcase. It was, I think, at least 10 kilograms. And, and he was so proud yeah, He was had big arms. Exactly. <laughs> he that. was so proud of that. And now if you look actually what happened with the technology, the, only in the last 30 years the other that we are looking, the pace of changes. And we see that this pace is becoming exponential. It is not actually a linear growth. It's exponential growth. So you cannot learn everything here. Yeah? It is impossible. I believe that the whole idea around the learning is going to be first having an understanding around the bigger picture and then having a great network, which can also tell you these are the topics which are maybe important for you that you need to a little bit deep dive. These are topics which may be interesting for you. And then staying actually in touch and focusing on those topics, giving priority. I can tell you the first time I heard about the blockchain, Mm-hmm. I was reading and reading and I was not understanding what the hell it is all about. <laughs> and then I went actually to one of the colleagues, which usually you need to take a volume to survive actually when he's explaining <laughs> you something. But within the 30 minutes, as he explained to me the whole concept of blockchain, then it was crystal clear and five books could not deliver. So this constant learning is becoming actually a habit that we need to develop if we would like to to progress. And and that's really close to my heart. And if I'm telling, sitting with our people, the only thing that I'm telling them is nobody's investing in your learning except you. So there are all tools that we are offering you, but at the end of the day, you are the one who needs to actually set your priorities, sit down and- Oh God, I completely agree, Nima. And it's funny because I don't think throughout my entire schooling, accounting qualification, or even in my corporate career, no one's ever sat me down and taught me how to learn, what the right way to learn. I, I imagine to a large extent, it's an individual process of people, but I, I feel 
there's some common things we can all do to maximize our, our benefits from learning. And I think you've already nailed a few there, which is is building our network in areas that interest us. I don't think there's any point that we're not going to find interesting. That's probably one. Some really good recommendations we've had on the show before is actually blocking time in our calendars is non-negotiable. And I've actually, where people have been failing to do it on my teams, I've actually blocked their diaries out and said, I'm giving you that time, you go learn. And over time, they appreciate the importance of that and then block it for themselves. So it could be three hours on a Friday or whenever. Just that dedicated learning time. Do you have any sort of, tips on on how you either start building your network or or finding the time to learn or picking the right things to learn to grow we introduced in our company a concept which is actually called learning one which is giving you all type of topics first in a very short so one to two minutes introduction as a kind of read or video or something like that and then you can deep dive and then this Mm. system is getting connected also with all the courses that you can get from the LinkedIn or from other platforms that you can add to. And it is then about you, how far you would like to go, how deep you would like to go. Some of the courses are done actually within 30 minutes. They're divided in videos sections that you can actually look at them when you are sitting in the bus or commuting to the job or at the moment before <laughs> before going to bed maybe. But then there is one very important element which is around you said how to build the network very often we have this picture that we are networking with people that are like us so if i see actually in you something which is you have a lot in common with me i am coming and would like to actually spend more time with you because this is a kind of mirror yeah (laughs) and i enjoy to see myself now the problem is networking that a lot of people that we need to learn, we are learning from people who are not like us. We need to go and sit down with them. So if, for example, if I'm taking actually now the finance world, maybe it is nice actually that I'm talking about uh, a few people who are actually master in, in accounting, but sometimes maybe it is better to have also spend time with a few IT guys, a few people who are actually salespeople, marketing people, communication people, because only if you are looking to a problem from different angles, then you can understand the solution that you're putting in front is the right solution for that problem. And, and I sense that this is something which needs time and which is a lot of investment. I'm, I, I'm telling to the people always, look, I am a learned extrovert. Originally, I am an introvert person. I am actually getting my energy from silence, from being alone, from going actually for long walks and so on. But I learned that actually in this environment that we are working, you need to get in touch with people and you need to overcome this kind of unpleasant networking element. The time investment is needed. And that is something that the people need to keep in mind. It is not about introvert, extrovert. It is how you are training yourself and how you're starting actually to reach out to the people. I'm telling to the people, this is a, I'm, I'm giving you an example. I had once a 360 feed feedback, yeah, one, and it was really 360. It was not only about the classical one, your superiors, peers, and subordinates, but all people outside of the company, yeah, business partners, but family members and friends. Sure. So family members and friends were saying, this guy is extremely introvert. Everybody else in the business side was saying, this guy is absolutely extrovert. And the psychologist that I was working with was telling me, there is a certain sense of schizophrenia maybe there <laughs> that you need to be aware of. But I think awareness is key, Nima, that self-awareness. And I think that for me comes back to measuring. If you've got a, a goal in terms of, of learning and you write it down, Uh, you can then assess your progress towards that goal, whether it's meeting one new person a week or maybe one person outside of your field. 
I was gifted another really good book lately called Ask Your Developer. The software is redefining industries. We have industries and, and companies that have cropped up out of absolutely nowhere that, mm-hmm. that very few people saw coming, the likes of Uber, Netflix, and so on. Blockbuster didn't even invest in Netflix and they had the opportunity and now one's a a massive business, a multi-billion dollar business, the other one's gone. So there are areas that we can talk with, like the developers are in our businesses because there's more of them now. They're not strange. So it's worth having a talk with a, a developer, understanding what's going on, the programming languages, what's working on, what where there may be applications, say in, in finance, or even in sort of sales who might be closer to customers or going out with customers or engineers in our companies or operational people. There's just so many to choose from. And uh, I think people like to talk about themselves and their experiences and, and their thoughts and opinions on things. And we have a lot to share as well in terms of our perspectives on finance, on the numbers, as long as we're not giving away too much <laughs> sensitive information. We've got value just having those conversations. And it's I think that's another great thing about finance because of that broader view we tend to have of transactions more end to end. And I'm not talking about senior levels here. I'm just talking even analysts and, and, and entry level can, can see a lot. We can connect the dots and how we connect the dots could be the difference on how we progress and grow or not thrive at all. So no, I think it's a really good call to arms. Nima, you've been giving us really loads of great advice. I've always wondered though, what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received? Yeah, I came actually from Iran without knowing the language and learned the language. And because I lost a few years, then I decided the moment that I felt comfortable with the language, you had to overjump a class. So I, I made all the exams and I overjumped that class. And then suddenly I was in a class higher and I had Latin. I had Latin ah. lessons. And suddenly the, the Latin teacher, who was also the, the director of the school, asked me a question. And I was assuming that I'm not going to be asked because last time she was asking me something. So I was not prepared. And I gave her a smile and she smiled back and told me something that I never forget. And that is actually, I believe, one of the best lessons that I received. She told me, Nima, you cannot live with the victory of the past. That means... Everything good that they, you did, all your accomplishments, everything that you delivered, you celebrated them already. Now is now. And now you need to look for new victories. Otherwise, you are not moving anywhere. And that is something that I'm always observing a little bit, some people who are hanging in their successes. So they say, oh, because oh, uh, two years ago, I delivered this and that project, or I was so good in this and that presentation, I am fine. It is not. It is a permanent journey. You need to permanently question yourself. You need to permanently challenge yourself. You need to be in a position that you're not only looking to be the number one, but also staying there. And, and that is actually, for me, the definition of excellence. That is actually the journey that, that you would like to go. You are never reaching that because this is not a goal. This is really a journey. Yeah, you are following that. But keeping in mind that your achievements laying in your past and you need to look always to what is in front of you, that was, I believe, the, the best advice that I received in my entire life. Yeah, fantastic. I can see the applicability of it. Nima, and also a really great fact. I, I didn't know uh, about your Latin background as well. We're going to have to talk more about that off air. I had four years Latin and I cannot even order a pizza in Italy. Uh, don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can work with that. It's a good fundamentals, but that's like when I look at finance. It's, an accounting, it's great fundamentals on the language of a business. And then we get our victories uh, within our organizations, within our industries, community, just loads of opportunity for us to go and get those victories, e- even as parents or as friends and family members. There's loads of victories. It's just that constant evolution, the journey, 
and the journey in itself is fun. Yeah, that's the big thing about it as well. It's the victories are important, but we need to be accumulating. I'm trying to think, actually, there was someone, there was some comments saying, yeah, but what have you done for me lately? I think it was some sort of movie. And it was just like, yeah, that's, I find human beings sometimes have very short memories. <laughs> so, yeah. As much as you remember your previous victory, yeah. people might not. It's what have you done for me lately? So yeah, if, if you want to be front of mind and have presence and and be the go-to person for people and have influence, you really need to... To, to keep delivering have those victories mm-hmm. absolutely yeah absolutely so so great advice Nima I know we shared resources previously but for audience mm-hmm. if you were to recommend any resources for them to go check out maybe any books or documentaries or whatever you know, where would you give yeah, them one or two so tips I try to actually read or listen a lot books or audiobooks and by moving actually more toward the audiobooks I also more or less increase the quantity of the books that you can digest actually yeah and there are really a, a lot of good books here that I could recommend. Yeah, but I am not going so far. I'm saying actually with that, what I finished just yesterday, yesterday was Sunday. It was 21 Letters on Life and Its Challenges from Charles Handy. That was quite interesting. Some Somewhere around the age of 85, 86 years, sitting down and writing 21 letters to himself as a kind of passing the experience. And it started very nicely with saying, Everything is changing and how important the element of change is. But the second letter was around what are those topics here which are remaining and they need to be always stable, which is around the values that you would like to have in life. And these two need to be in balance with each other. We in the business world, we realize that the topic of the values here are becoming more and more important. The topic of values, the topic of purpose. The times are over that most of the people were only actually have to work in order to pay their bills. Now, if you are looking actually, the parents and grandparents are already generated so much wealth that the, the grandchildren can think a little bit more relaxed about their future than be people like me who had to build everything on their own. And that's actually then making actually the topic of doing something meaningful, doing something purposeful, giving something back to the society is so important. And one of the topics that I really love about our our company is that this topic of the purpose is coming more in front. We wrote this year, last year, a lot of loss, but we are at the same time very proud that our financial stability allowed us to pay so much claims. And with those claims, we help our clients and we help the people. And if you are putting that in balance, then even if you are actually a junior member of this team which is working with something which is far away from the big picture you can actually feel yourself that you are contributing and that is so important at the end of the day yeah i love and i think that's the whole thing with organizations it's just that leverage to better deliver the purpose and it's interesting you call it out and values in particular I don't think I paid as much attention to them 20 years ago as perhaps I do now. Even as a leader of a team yeah. within an organization, it's important to be clear on your values and the purpose and it helps get everyone behind so people know what they're aiming towards. And even as a leader, it just frees up so much time. If someone's making a decision, they can go back to those fundamental values. How am I meant to think about this here without having to, to run everything by you? It's so freeing having a good purpose and good values to, to live by and work by. So I'm really delighted you mentioned that, Nima. You know, and I'm interrupting you, but that brought a memory. 21 years ago, as I was studying actually in London Business School, somebody asked the professor the question, shall companies donate? And Mm, the answer mm. was from the guy, no, from his point of view, 
companies need to make the shareholders so wealthy that they are going and donating and not the company. <laughs> now, you know, that was something yeah, which yeah. is still following me. And now when you're talking actually yeah, to the people and so on, the shareholder value needs to be put in connection with the values of the company, with the values that giving back to our clients, to the society, to our environment. And if that is not working, you cannot motivate anybody because of the shareholder value. 100%. Yeah, it's, it's a really weird thing as a finance professional saying it. It's like do, do, donations. So taking away potentially shareholders dividends is actually a good thing for the business. But there are so many benefits for it. Yeah. If, if you look closely, and again, I think having that better end to end understanding, it makes complete, not just intuitive sense, but financial sense. We can test these things now. So no, it, I completely agree with you mentioned it. Yeah, it just took me back to college as well, Nima. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we've evolved enough to appreciate the importance of giving back. Yes. So that's good. But I suppose, look, if our audience wish to continue the conversation with you, where's the best place to connect with you at? LinkedIn. Yeah, actually, it is the best way to get connected. I have a large uh, number of, of people connected with me. Yeah, it would be a lie if I would say I am in close contact with all of them. I am not considering that. But once somebody is reaching out to me, I am actually replying to that. And I am sharing also some of the topics and experiences, latest developments quite frequently on, on the LinkedIn. So I believe that this is the easiest way. Awesome. Thanks for that, Neymar. So we'll put that link uh, to your profile in, in you. the show notes as well. And I suppose, as, as always, look, thanks for being such a great guest mentor, Nima. My really pleasure. appreciate you giving your time for free and whatever and being here with us today. But before we wrap up, would you perhaps have any parting thoughts for our audience? Excuse me, I didn't get the question. Can you repeat? Uh, I was just saying, before we wrap up yeah. and finish up, would you have any parting thoughts for our audience? Yes, I would like to... I was reading this book, 12 Rules for Life, from Jordan Peterson. And there was one rule which I thought is not finding enough consideration. And that was around be precise in your speech. So very often we try in order to please other people, in order to not create any kind of conflict, in order to not actually make the situation maybe a little bit emotional. We try actually to describe the stuff in a way that at the end of the day, nobody's understanding what we are talking about. I sense that being precise in our language, being actually sometimes direct is helping us to better understand each other positions and also to see where are the elements that we are good at and then the facts that we can follow and build on that. And maybe where are certain ideas which are flaw and we need to actually correct them. And if you are not actually precise in that, it is going to be extremely hard. And it is, as I said, one sense of life is learning. So when we are two sitting together with each other, I need to actually assume that something that I don't know and that should help me actually to also get better. That's great advice. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, no, I think there was a lot bundled in, in, in those parting thoughts there, but I like the fact, the preciseness, and also that very key point is when we're talking with a peer or someone else, just assuming that there's something that they know that we don't, which is generally true. Yeah. It's one of those assumptions that tend yeah. to hold true. And, uh, and we'll benefit much more from those conversations coming back to the growth again and, and the importance yeah. of learning. So, so Nima, thanks. What a great way to wrap that up. Thanks again, Nima, for coming on the show Thank today. Thank you very much, Andrew. It was great. Wonderful. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter 
which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. And when all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers. 